1: I'm doing a series beginning from today. Caption saved by grace. Somebody say, I am saved by grace. I saved by grace. Say I am, by grace. I am saved by grace. Now that is the title of the series, but this morning's teaching is titled BC. Somebody say BC. BC. Now BC is before Christ. BC before Christ. That is how it dates after the death of Christ, A D, and then BC before christ okay come with me to the book of ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 23 he said for this reason because i have heard of your faith in the lord jesus christ and your love toward all the saints verse 16 i do not cease to give thanks for you so something had happened and then apostle paul writes In the light of what had happened to the people of Ephesus, the Christians at Ephesus, he's writing a letter to them and he said, When I heard that you guys had come to faith, you have come to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, my heart was overwhelmed with joy. The day I heard that you are born again, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Sometimes when we hear somebody has gotten a visa, we are grateful to God for them. When we hear that somebody has built a house, we thank God for them. Well, yes, somebody has given birth, we thank God for them. But if there is one thing we should constantly be thanking God for ourselves and for others, is the fact that a person is saved. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the most important. And that's why when you meet a believer who is born again, and because he doesn't have a car, he doesn't have a house, he feels that he's needy and he's broke he simply lacks revelation that's what apostle paul was preaching here he lacks revelation he doesn't know what's most important the most important thing in your life is not your shirt it's not your suit it's not your house it's not your car the most important thing in your life the bible says christ in you the hope of glory every other thing passes away but when christ is in you you are qualified am i communicating here that's key a lot of people live with low values because they simply don't know what is most important. This Apostle Paul. He said, I do not cease to give thanks to God for you. Remembering you always in my prayers. And then he says, now you are saved. But there's something I want you to know. Look at verse 17. He says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Somebody say, Father, Father give, me give me the spirit of wisdom, spirit of wisdom and, revelation and revelation in the knowledge of you. You need it. You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because now that you are saved, now hear me, when you get born again, the most important thing to pursue is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Some people have been born again 10 years and they are still babes. They are still young. They can't stand on their own. They can't defend themselves. They don't know they are right as they relate to God, as they relate to the devil, as they relate to one another. They simply cannot stand for themselves. Now, this is not a church where you stay in and you will not be able to fend for yourself when it matters most. My assignment for the next years, no matter how long God gives me, is to mature God's people and bring them to a place where they can stand on their own, complete and full in all the will of God. Can somebody say an Amen. amen. And that's why I will continue to teach and teach and teach and teach and teach. Are you with me here? Yeah. He says, "Having the eyes of your understanding enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he called you, which are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints." Verse 19. And what is the immeasurable? Please follow this. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us, word who believe? He says, "Those who got born again, God made manifest." His power that cannot be quantified. His power that cannot be measured. The power God made available for those who believe is amazing. This is what Paul is saying. And he said, very soon you will see why God had to release a lot of power in order for us to be saved. Okay, look at verse 20. He says that he wept in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. That's what he's saying. He's saying the power that wept in you for you to believe is the power that God used to raise Christ from the dead. Can you imagine the weight of that power? That's unusual power. The power, the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. That's the kind of power that is made available to you when you come to faith in Christ. Now go to verse number 21. He says, Far above all all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named. Not only in the age and this age, but also in the one to come. Verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Verse 23. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filled all in all. Now let's go to chapter 2. Let's go to chapter 2. You see, this is a letter. It was not originally designed to be in chapters. The chapters were man-made, and they were man-made for you to be able to understand what was done. Okay, that's it. When the letters were originally written, they were not in chapters. So he continued. When he comes to chapter 2, look at what he says. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. Let's read it together from verse 1. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. The word end is very, very important because it's a conjunction. It tells you that what he said in verse 23 he's following up. When you read it you are likely to separate it but the end and you were dead you don't start a statement with end you continue a statement with end in English. It's a conjunction and that end is very important. He said you were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. Somebody say you were dead. You were dead. And I like it. You were say I was Say, I was. I was. Uh-huh. You were. You were dead. You were dead. You who has believed, you who is born again, you were dead. And there are people who are not born again. They are still dead. So know the difference. There are those who are dead. they are dead men walking about. And there are those who have been made alive. That's the difference between the one who is saved and the one who is not saved. But let's read it together. Verse 2. He said, in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3 Among whom? In the passions of our flesh, in the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And then it becomes all sweet and nice. He said, but God. Somebody say, but God. but God. Now, when you read chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, it's a very sad and gloomy picture. And that's what we want to look at today. As we begin this series, you see, you can never appreciate the magnitude of the grace of God until you know the depth to which man sank as far as sin and disobedience and rebellion is concerned. When you have gone so deep, down in sin. When God raises you up, you will appreciate that you have come very far. There are people who take their Christianity for granted because they think that uh, not much was really done for them to be saved. They just think that they happened to I was born into a Christian home and then I got born again. That's fake. Nobody gets born again like that. A lot had to be done for you to be saved. We will read to the end and then I will begin to teach from where I need to focus. Look at verse for somebody say, but God. but God, he said, but God be rich in what? Yes. Let's go on. Because of the great love. love. Verse 5. Even when we were, yes. even when we were yes. in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amazing. And raise us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Let's go. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not a result of worse. No man may boast. Verse 10. For we are His created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared. Praise the Lord. Now, when people are advertising product, in order for you to appreciate the potency of what their product can do, usually they will show images of what things used to be and what uh, their product has been able to do to the thing. So you see that sometimes if it's something that they use to clean uh, suspense or maybe WC, they will show you the before and after image. Let's see some of those images here. Okay. Now I see the image there. The lady on the left is the same lady on the right. But one has been made over. The other is uh, original self. Okay. So the right, that's another one. a lady is by you, say use a little makeup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Makeup is nothing Yeah, there are people who believe that when you use makeup, you go to hell. Ah. There are one group of people who will be dealing with us who go through this series. <laughs> they have reduced the work of Christ to makeup. <laughs> it's a very certain. <laughs> you don't go to hell with makeup. So if you want to do more, do more, and make sure it you fixes your face nicely. Yeah. We believe in makeup. Say we believe in makeup. Yeah, this is a church. We believe in makeup. In fact, very soon, if you don't make up and you come here, we will we'll check you out. Yeah, there is no sin in it. Okay, so you see before and after. Okay, let's see another one of a home. Okay, you see the one up, the one down. Particularly in places like the U.S., they do remodeling. They buy the house, they remodel it, and sometimes if you are buying it in this first state, the upper state, it can be very cheap. Uh And by the time you finish, the value goes up. And when they are reselling, it can be very, very high. So, that's before and after. Amen? Amen. We want to look at, just like these pictures are looking very beautiful, we also want to look at who we were before Christ. Who were we before Christ? Before you use a particular product, your doublet was very dirty. But when you use the product and finish, it was shining and sparkling. Now, before you met Christ, who were you? Who were you? And you see, for you who is born again, that is who you used to be. For those who are not born again, that is their state. Do you get the difference? If someone is not born again, that is their state. And you see... You need to know your state, and you need to know the state of all unbelievers. Sometimes we are not able to effectively reach out to people who are not safe. We are not aggressive with our evangelistic efforts because our doctrine is wrong. We think that we, we just have to preach for people to get people receive and get born again. It's true, but you see, a lot is going on when somebody is not born again. Sometimes we even criticize them. Why is this guy dressing this way? Why is this guy drinking his uh, his lungs or his kidneys away? you simply don't understand what is going on. If he had his way, there's no way he would be drinking the way he's drinking. So most of the time, people we are supposed to be compassionate about, we jump in and condemn them because we simply don't understand what is going on behind the scenes. And that's what I want to show you so that now that you are saved, you will appreciate the work Christ did and then you will also know what you are supposed to do for others. So who were we before Christ? Come with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. He says, you were dead in trespasses and sins. So before Christ, you were dead. That's the first word. You were dead. You were dead. There are people who think that Jesus came to make good people better. No. Jesus did not come to make good people better. He came to make dead people live. Do you understand what I'm saying? He came to make dead people live. That's the difference. He did not just come to make people better. He came to make dead people live. Because when you are not alive, you can't even measure whether your life is better or not. And so there are people who think they are living well, but they are actually off. They think they are living well, but they are off. Off complete. Before Christ, we were all dead. Somebody say, I was dead. dead. Now, to be dead means to be lifeless. There's no life in you. There's no life in you. To be dead means you are incapable. To be dead means you are powerless. You are weak. The Bible said, when we were weak, when we were without strength, God sent his son. Look at that. He said, when we were utterly helpless, that means you are dead. The doctors here. When the person died and you pick the, the hand like this, it just falls by itself. Nobody so the moment you hold the hand, it falls by itself. The, it's helpless. That's how it is. Unresponsive. You will quickly want to check their pulse and be sure that they are really dead. When you check the pulse, nothing is there. There is no life. There is no response. That's who we were. We were dead. Spiritually dead. In the scriptures, when the Bible talks about death, death is used to mean separation. Somebody says Separation. So when we talk about death, death means separation. Whether it's physical death or spiritual death, it's separation. Ultimately, that's what it's about. There are three kinds of death in scripture. Three kinds of death. Number one is spiritual death. Somebody say spiritual death. And when we talk about spiritual death, we are talking about death that is born out of separation from God. You are separated from God. You are spiritually dead when you are separated from God. And the thing that separated us from God was sin. So, Ephesians 2 1, you were dead in sins and trespasses. In the book of Isaiah 59, verse 2, he said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short, that it cannot what? It cannot save, nor his ears heavy, that it cannot hear. But your what? Iniquities have separated you. So, when we talk about death, it's separation from God. Sin separated Adam. Adam had a sweet fellowship with God. When he sinned and God called out, he was hiding. They became separated. Sin separated. It brought about separation. And that's the first aspect of that. The second is physical death and a spiritual death that gave way to physical death. When God made Adam, he did not make Adam to die. He made Adam to live forever. But he gave him an instruction and Adam will not follow that instruction. So he ended up destroying his own destiny and life. Physical death is the separation of the spirit and the soul from the body. Somebody says separation of the spirit and the soul from the body. Uh So when somebody dies, his life has not ended. His life has not ended. His life continues on the other side. The spirit departs, the soul departs and then the body is left. Because according to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7, the dust must return to dust. Are you with me? eh? Dust must go where? Back to dust and the spirit to the one who made it. So the spirit goes back. The soul departs and the spirit goes back. That's when we have physical death. And then, of course, we have eternal death, or what we call the second death. If you are born once, you die twice. But if you are born twice, you die once. Every human being has that destiny. When you are born once, you die twice. But when you are born twice, you die once. That's why Jesus speaking to the man Nicodemus, he told, Except a man be born again. Except a man be born again you were born physically and you have to be born spiritually until you are born again your destiny is eternal separation from God so eternal separation from God is what we call the second death look at Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 to 15 with me he says and there I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead somebody say I saw what now look at it. I saw the dead. I saw the dead. So he said, I saw the dead, small and great, big man, small man, manager, and uh, house boy, all of them together, I saw them standing before God and books were open. Somebody said, books were open. Books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. Somebody said, the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead. So anybody who has died through shipwreck or something like that. And his body could not be found. Like the MH-15 flight that got missing. Air flight that got missing until tomorrow they've not found it. On that day, that flight will open up and release all the people who died through it. God will call for them and they will appear. He said the sea gave up the dead and the Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works. He said then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Somebody say the second death. Uh-huh. So there's something called the second death. The second death is the eternal death. And listen, the second death is not for everybody. The second death is for everyone who refuses to acknowledge God's gift of Christ. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, He says, For the wages of sin is what? Yes. The wages of sin is what? Yes. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. It's a gift. God has given the gift of eternal life for anyone who believes. He has placed that eternal life through Christ. So when you receive Christ, eternal life comes into your system. That's why it's preposterous for anybody to think and to teach that when you are born again, you can go to hell. It's not possible. It's not possible. Once you are born again, there's no place like hell for you. You have eternal life in your spirit. It's not that you have eternal life. You receive eternal... Listen, let me tell you. Eternal life is not something we die to get. Eternal life is something we get while we are alive. You receive it here. If you don't have eternal life before you die, you can't get it after you are dead because eternal life is conditioned on the decision you make. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes, somebody say, Whosoever believes, whosoever. say, Whosoever believes whosoever. May, receive. may receive. No, is that what He said? May receive. He said, Whosoever believes in Him should not perish. It's not that you may perish. Should not, it's, it's, once you receive him, perishing is out of the equation. You should not perish but have or shall have. May have. But have everlasting life. So when you believe Christ, you receive everlasting life into your spirit. That's what you receive into your spirit. It's key. That's what happens when you receive Christ. So there are three kinds of death. Physical death, spiritual death, And then the second death. Now let's zero in a bit on spiritual death because that's where a lot of the issues are coming from. Spiritual death. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. And you were dead. Somebody say you were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. Can we begin to see those who are not born again as dead? Unfortunately Christians today can envy people who are not born again. I don't think we envy people who are lying in their casket about to die. I don't think anybody does that. We rather weep for them. Is that not what we do? We weep for them. If the person meant anything at all to us, we will weep for them. How come we are not weeping for our brothers and sisters who are not born again? How come we call for outreach and you are not willing to avail yourself so a soul can be snatched from hell? Because you don't know that you are dealing with a situation that involves life and death. The person is dead. Your brother is not lining up. He doesn't love God. He doesn't want to hear anything about church. And you are cool. You think that it doesn't matter. Hey, it really matters. Because if he died physically, I know you'll be sad. I know you'll be desiring that pastor will come around and console you and comfort you. But listen, there is a death that is more serious that he's already in. And that is the death of his soul. His spirit is dead away from God. Are you following what I'm teaching this morning? Follow me closely. I need to walk you through this and you have to mature through this. Okay, this is not bread and butter Christianity. This is eternal matters. Somebody say eternal matters. Amen. Okay, okay. So if you want bread and butter teachings, go for SL service. Here we want to grow people into the nature and the maturity of Christ. So we are looking at spiritual death. Somebody say spiritual death. Spiritual death. Where did spiritual death begin? Let's see it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Genesis 2 17 because I know that you remember then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and work it and work it and and the Lord did what put him in the garden and say work it and keep it. Verse 16 and the Lord commanded the man saying let's say it together you may of the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for in the day you shall surely die. You shall what? Die. He told him, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, this is Genesis chapter 2, right? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, quickly. Verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, let's read it together, Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. Verse 2. He says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Verse 3, but he, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree." in the midst of the garden. Good. Lest you what? Lest you Please follow that. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Okay, so let's go on but for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil verse 6 so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate it and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it look at that then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked did they die did they die has God lied? Huh. God said, that The day you eat of it, you will die. Go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. To show you that they didn't die. And Adam knew his wife. And she conceived and bulking, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. When they ate it, they didn't die. They lived on. Physically, they lived on. But spiritually, they died. That's what I'm using to help you to understand the difference between spiritual and death spiritually they died physically there are things sometimes we do in the physical it looks like nothing has happened but spiritually a lot of complications have happened a lot of things have happened a lot of things happen a lot of things that you can't explain happens look at adam adam lived physically for 930 years look at that with me genesis 5 verse 1 to 9 so somebody can live very long but he's dead there are people who celebrate uh, 60th birthday, 80th birthday, 100th birthday, but they are dead spiritually. They have lived long in the flesh. Look at that. This is the book of the generation of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Verse 2. He says, male and female created he them. He blessed them and named them man when they were created. Verse 3. When Adam lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness. Hey. <laughs> So, at 130, Adam could say, bring forth. Listen, there is no age that Satan can use to beat you down. And say, listen, at this age, you cannot bring forth. If you can believe, all things are possible. I speak to anyone trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Your womb is open. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive life in your spermatozoa. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's what happened. 130 he brought forth. Later on, even after man's sin and everything, we saw the man. Abraham, 99 years old, he also brought forth. He fathered the child in his own likeness after his image and named himself. Verse 5. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800, 800, 800. And he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. And he died. Yeah. And he died. Yeah. The kind of death they are talking about here is the one we go and cry. That's the kind of death. But the one God spoke to them about. Happened the minute they disobeyed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now. Because of what Adam did. All of us. When we also come. We are born dead. Every human being is born dead. That's why. When somebody says I'm a Christian, you say uh, how do you become a Christian? I was born into a Christian home. No, 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 no. Your parents are Christian. You are not. You were born dead. The moment you are born, you are born dead. You are born what? Dead. Uh-huh. Follow that principle because eventually, when we say somebody is saved, people don't understand what it means to be saved. When we say somebody is saved, it doesn't. We are not saying that because a person goes to church, the person has Christian. Fam- no, no. The person is made alive. He comes alive unto God. That's what it means to be saved. Okay, look at that with me. This is how we partook. There's a saying like that about Fantis. Who knows it? Anybody like that? Anybody knows it? Anybody knows it? Okay. But it's like one person went in first to touch it, and then it affected all the others. It's the same thing with Adam. Adam sinned and his sin came to all of us. We inherited it. Somebody say we inherited it. Some people have a difficulty accepting the fact that they are the righteousness of God. When they say, I I say I am holy, I am the righteousness of God. Some people say, "Ah, how can you say that? How can you, a human being, after all you sin and you are saying you are the righteousness of God. Now listen, The, the same thing that happened to Adam. When a child is born today, that child is born a sinner. you with me? David was speaking. He said, in sin did my mother conceive me because of Adam. Now look here in the book of first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 to 22. First Corinthians. He said, for us by one man. Let's read this guy. One go. Please let's go. For us by a man came death, by a man has resurrection of the dead. And this one, he was talking, he's coming here. He said, for us in Adam, so all shall be made, all, all are made alive. So, in Adam, all died. In other words, anybody who is born, there are two lineages the one is the lineage of Adam, which will become a part of through natural birth, and then the other is the lineage of Christ, which will become a part of through spiritual birth. As in Adam, everybody is dead, and in Christ, everybody is made alive. Are you with me? Mean? <laughs> That's the difference. When you are in Christ, that's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. He's no longer in the Adamic race. He's now belonging to the Jesus Christ race. Am I communicating here? Your life is different. Somebody say, my life is different. different. Now look at Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Another thing. He said, therefore, just as sin came into the world through what? Through what? And death through sin. So death spread to all men because all, 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 there are people sometimes you are reaching out to them and they say, oh, but me, I don't fornicate. I'm even better than a lot of the people in the church. It's not about whether you are not. How can a dead man be better than one who is alive? (laughs) Praise the Lord. You may be better in your manners, but you are spiritually dead. Am I communicating here? You may be better because maybe from the background you were raised, you were raised to tell the truth and all of those things. But spiritually you are dead. And a dead man can never be better than a living person. What was the cause of death? Ephesians tells us. What was the cause of death? Why did we become dead? Before Christ we were. Before Christ we were. Before Christ we were. I said before Christ, who were we? Dead. Before Christ we were dead. What made us. Dead. Ephesians 2 verse 1. Please be fast for me. Ephesians 2 1. He says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay? If you have the King James or the New King James Version, he starts by saying that, And you he made alive. Give me the New King James. You he made alive. Okay? You he had quickened. And if you have that Bible, you see that that word "quickening," You he made alive or quickened is not idolized. And it's because in the original text, it's not there. Praise God. They put it there so that it can make meaning and sense. But in the original text, in the Greek origin, it's not there. So the ESV and the New Living Translation puts it straight as it is. It said, you were dead. Somebody say, you were dead. dead. Say, I was dead. dead. Good. He made a lie. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. How did we die in trespasses and sins? Somebody say, trespasses and sins. Say trespasses and, trespasses and sin. The word sin is used in the New Testament 173 times. And sin, from its original text, means to miss the mark. Somebody say to miss a mark. Yes. It's, it's an archery term where you, as an archer, targets a, a particular prey and then he shoots. And the moment you shoot, you are not able to catch your target. We say you have missed the mark. That is what it is. When we fall below the standard God requires, we say we have sinned. Sin means we have fallen below God's standards. That's why in the book of Romans chapter 23, chapter 3 verse 23, it said, For all have sinned and have fallen what? short of the glory of God. We have come below accepted expectation. We've gone below. What God expects us to do, we are not able to attain it. That's sin. And then, of course, he talks about transgression. Somebody say transgression. Say transgression. Transgression. Say transgression. Transgression. Now, transgression is to trespass. You know trespass. Can you give me the sign, those guys? There's a sign that you trespass when you cross a known barrier. Somebody say a known barrier. Have you seen the sign anywhere before? Have you seen it anywhere before? Yeah. When you go to, uh, sometimes they say no thoroughfare. It comes in different forms. If you go to uh, the military zones and some restricted areas, they say no trespassing here. In other words, don't go beyond this area. And when you do, whatever follows is your own case. Praise God. Now, this was what Adam did and affected all of us. Trespass is to cross a known barrier. You know I should not do this. You still do it anyway. You do it willfully as an act of disobedience. You do it as an act of rebellion. You are rebelling against authority. That is what Adam did. Okay. So, because we were dead before Christ, we have to be made alive. So, when you get born again, when we say somebody is saved, it means he has been made alive. Your spirit is alive. When somebody is dead, he doesn't understand anything. Do you get it? You don't debate with a person who is alive about things. You rather, if we understood these things, our evangelism efforts will yield results. We will pray more rather than uh, debating people. A uh, 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 person who is not born again is talking to you whether you should tight or not tight. Uh, why do you go to church every day? So this book that you call Bible, what do you get from it? He, because he is dead. He cannot see value in anything. A dead person, you can show him, uh, what color is this? He can't see. He's blind. am I communicating here. He's dead. Every part of him is not working. That's what we were. That was our state, and that is the state of everyone who is not born again. They are dead. They are doing things that it will harm. He is drinking, and he may know from a, an intellectual perspective that when he drinks, he will worry and disturb his kidney. But he cannot stop it because he is dead. He can't see it. Are you with me here? Number one, before Christ, we were dead. Somebody say before Christ, before Christ. we were. Number two, before Christ, we were drifters. Drifters. Somebody say drifters. drifters. Say drifters. 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 When we say someone is a drifter, it means he's traveling along a certain path aimlessly. He doesn't know where he's going. He does whatever comes to him. He's not sure. whatever Whatever comes to him is what he does. That's a drifter. And that's what we see in Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 3. Let's quickly look at it. And you were dead in trespasses and what? Sins in which you walked. In which you did what? In which you, in which you, please look on the screen. In which you once walked. So that is a dead man walking. When I was looking for the title, I almost used that. Because you were dead and then you once walked. So he says, in which you once walked. Following. Somebody say following. That's drifting, following, 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 following. When a person is not saved, he follows anything. He follows his feelings. He follows whatever his mind tells him. He follows whatever is trendy. Everything he follows, he follows, he follows. Do you know what being born again does to you? It changes your course. Praise God. It changes what? It changes your course. When you are born again, that's why when somebody gets born again and they are still on a certain course, what they need is knowledge because they don't know what has happened. It changes your course. Why should I not come with a certain group of people? Because your course has changed. You are on a new course. You are on a new path. That's what happens when you get born again. The Bible says they were drifting along. Give me the test again. They were drifting along, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So before Christ, we were drifters. Somebody say drifters. drifters. Say drifters. We follow the systems of the world. Our values were the same as that of the world. So, unbelievers, they say that, oh, before, uh, I remember I spoke with a, a certain uh, uh, lady who was supposed to be in church. And she was telling me that for her, her parents have told her that before she gets married, she has to make sure that she has a child with a man to see that she can have a child. You see, that is wrong value. Are you with me? That's the way of the world. That's not the way of the believer. If i non believer, that's it, it's fine. But the believer, no, it's not acceptable. Are you with me? Yeah. We were drifted. We drifted along. We moved along. The passion, whatever you felt like doing. I, I, I was not born again, and I did stuff. I did What? I know some of you. You won't say your own, and probably you did worse things than I did. I smoked. I did all kinds of things. Secondary school days, I was uh, I was another guy altogether. Very few guys could be my friends. It was all survival instinct. I was in a school in a land where I knew nobody, and I had to survive. Praise the Lord. So I I, I was wild. Into schools, wild. In the time, I mean, I come to class and. The way I walk to the class, you say, if you know, as <laughs> 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 somebody has walked past, <laughs> past you, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. I was not. I was doing whatever I felt okay. Says carrying out the desires of your body. So when you meet somebody who is not born again, who is uh, living his life loosely, don't be surprised. You see, there are things that sometimes people get surprised at. Hey, I call with you. or or home. It's not say or home, You don't really understand what's going on. Is following a certain course. There's a course set by him by the devil. So you drift along. Let's drink you drink. Let's uh, uh, go uh, stealing. You steal because you drift along. And then number, number three. Where before Christ, we were disobedient. Somebody say disobedient. disobedient. Say disobedient. disobedient. Before Christ, we were what? Disobedient. In other words, we went our own way. We all like sheep have gone astray. That's what was happening. Look at what he says. And you he had made alive, who were dead in sins and trespasses. Verse 2. Let's read it together. Verse 2, in which you once walked according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of the sons of in other words, you are no longer a child of disobedience. The one who is born again, the Bible says, "I will put a new spirit in you, and you shall walk in my ways." So the one who is said walks in God's ways as a lifestyle. That is the spirit at work in him. He walks in obedience as a lifestyle. He follows that which honors God as a lifestyle. And then number four, before Christ, we were dominated. Somebody say dominated. Dominated. Say dominated. dominated. So number one, before Christ, we were dead. Number two, before Christ, we were drifted. Number three, before Christ, we were disobedient. And number four, before Christ, we were dominated. Somebody say dominated. Dominated. Hear me and hear me very well. When you get born again, (laughs) Satan cannot control your life. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, so those of us who make you look like Satan is, in fact, some people get born again and they make Satan more powerful than he used to be. Satan cannot control your life. The moment you got born again, everything changed. Look at what the Bible says. He says in Ephesians 2, verse 2, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obey who? Obey who? In other words, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. So you are dominated by the devil. By the devil. By the devil. By the devil. That's what happens. When people are well worth. Satan is dominating them, ruling their lives. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Giving joyful thanks to the Father. Look at this. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light? Look at verse 13. For he has what? Rescued us. Oh, say it. He has what? Rescued us. From where? The dominion of From the control of darkness. When you got born again, you were rescued. Not that you will be rescued. Somebody say, I'm rescued. rescued. See, the New Testament language is present tense. It's not that it will be. It's an accomplished reality. It's a past tense. It's an accomplished reality. You have been rescued. When you got born again, you were rescued. There are people who carry themselves from one deliverance camp to another deliverance camp. They simply don't understand what. The Bible says, whosoever the son says free is free indeed. I'm not communicating here. When well, you read the King James, he said, giving thanks unto God who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sins in light. King James said, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his yes and not. Let me tell you something. If there is an outbreak of let's say a war Let's say Boko, what is going on there? And you move from Boko to Accra, there is no way you can become a victim of the crisis that's going on there. When you got born again, you were not positioned close anywhere to the devil. You were rescued from one kingdom into another kingdom. Now listen, if the government of Ghana is after somebody in Ghana here, and the person travels and seeks asylum in the UK, the government of Ghana has no power there to arrest the person. And when you got born again, you were translated. Somebody say translated. translated. Now, no. That's why the ancestral curses that used to follow you cannot be following you now. Yes. I break the case, I break the case, I break the case. Which case? How can you be born again and curses are following you? You have moved from the kingdom where curses work into a new kingdom that curses have no power. Can somebody say an amen? amen. No is there. That is a kingdom in which you belong. That's a kingdom. Oh, you know, this sin is a strong man. We have been dealing with it. Listen, there's a stronger man. Yeah. And that man is called the Holy Ghost. He's living in the inside of you. Am I communicating here? Nice. He's at work in you if you yield to that man. This other man will go his way. Are you with me here? Yeah. There's a stronger man. Somebody say there's a stronger man. Stronger. Do you know that unbelievers, those who are not saved, they are not free. I just do what I want. No, in life, nobody does what he wants. Everybody is controlled by someone. That's why, if you don't like to be controlled, I hear wives say my husband wants to control me. Don't be a foolish woman. Because when you married, you chose to bring yourself under control. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Oh, my boss, he likes too much control. What do you think he's there for? (laughs) He's there as a boss to bring order and control. That's why you are there. They Don't trust you to be able to do the thing without supervision. That's why he's there, that's why he's paid for in the world. Everybody is being controlled. Those who are not born again are being controlled by the devil. But when you go spend time reading the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 15 to 20, he tells you. He tells you that just when you are not born again, you were control. You yield your members the same way. Spend time and read it. I don't have time to, this morning to walk you through it. But everybody is under control, everybody is under control nobody has unlimited liberty no satan controls what they do what they do with their money what they do oh this is this you have allowed yourself for pastors to control you you want satan to control you (laughs) you won't like it so before christ number one we were dead before christ number two we're drifting before christ we were disobedient before christ we were dominated by the devil let me close with this this is a very sad one before christ we were destined for the wrath of God. Somebody said the, the, the wrath of God. The wrath of God. Now please understand this very well, because you see, this is all in Ephesians chapter two, verse one to three. That's what is there. That is the destiny of man without Christ. Look at what is there. Ephesians chapter two, he says, "And you were dead in your sins and trespasses." And verse, among whom we all once lit in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and and were by nature the children of wrath like the rest of yeah yeah, we were at the mercy of God's wrath that is the nature anybody who is not born again God is merciful but God will also manifest his wrath but if you are born again the wrath of God is not against you praise God somebody say I'm no longer under the wrath of God John chapter 3 verse 16 let's see it he said he that believeth the son I close with that. He that believeth the son, he that believeth the son have everlasting life. And he that believeth not the son shall not see, shall not see, but the wrath of God abided in him. That's why you can't take chances. Say, Oh, as for me, if I don't serve God, I don't worship God, it doesn't matter. Listen, it matters because in eternity you'll be faced with the wrath of God. And if you look at the old testament, when God manifested some measure of his wrath. It wasn't nice at all. It wasn't nice at all. When God manifested his wrath, Sodom and Gomorrah was a manifestation of God's wrath. When he opened the earth for 250 plus people to sink in a day, it was a manifestation of God's wrath. So when you read the book of 1 Peter, he said, don't be deceived. The angels that misbehaved, they were not spared. And those who lived in Sodom and didn't have value for God, they were not spared. And so, learn from these examples and know that if you also live ungodly, God will bring you into judgment. Am I communicating here? The wrath. Somebody say the wrath. wrath. Now, having seen the destiny of man, when you come to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, you will understand why the Bible says "But." Go to Ephesians and let me close because somebody must live here with some, it looks like, this message is a doomsday message because everything is in the negative Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 Please, somebody say but God God." say but God God." say but God why but because that was our destiny but God but for God who sent Christ to die you and I will still be dominated by the devil but God we will still be dead men But God will still be drifting. But God will still be disobedient. But when God came in, the equation changed. I see God coming in for someone. Maybe you have been drifting. You are dealing with an issue. And it looks like it's all over. Nothing good is coming out. But God, but God, but God, but God, but God. God is coming through for someone. I said God is coming through for someone. In the mighty name of Jesus. Satan felt it was all over. He dominated man. He controlled man. Man was in bondage. Man was enslaved. Man was in captivity. But God. And that God is coming through for someone. Somebody shout, but God. God." Say, but God. God." Stand on your feet and begin to speak to God. Thank Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word. And then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you. Join us again and again. We are blessed.
0: Pastor Afuako has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuaqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 pm to 8 pm, our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ajakoma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasaranaabouts, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. <laughs>